What up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for riding with us. I'm AJ. I'm Johnny. And I'm Brittany. And it is the moment we have all been waiting for. Y'all know the weather this year has just been something else, but we are about to get it popping with our new theme for June. Let me try the boot. Find a girl Where every movie this month includes a final girl who has made her mark in the bad bitch genre. It's a genre. <laughs> Taking a ride on our first movie of the month is one of the rather legendary movies in the whole world. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we announce this movie, y'all got to understand. We're going to talk about the movie, but we are focusing on the girl, the final girl. And let's get into 1978's Halloween. Tell me why your favorite holiday is Halloween. Because it is. Exactly. Okay. Should, I have to have, <laughs> should I have to have a reason? I didn't think I needed to explain myself. Okay. No, I, just, I was like, maybe we can get our feet wet looking out. Plain and simple. so? Period. <laughs> this movie is currently streaming nowhere for the free. You got to have some... Okay, wait, 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 wait. I got you. So oh, I can you, tell you where I watched it, but... Oh, it's, it's streaming for free. Yes. So if you happen to have a Roku... You can watch it for free on Roku. I don't have a Roku, but my boyfriend does. But if you have an Amazon Fire Stick, you can download the Roku app and watch it for free on Roku. Um, there was another one. Oh, one. Shutter! If you have Shutter, it's on Shutter. Wait, it's on Shutter? Yes, it is. Yes. That's where I watched it today. I did not see it on Shutter. No, mm-hmm. y'all gonna laugh when I tell y'all where I watched it. And it's on AMC Plus. If you happen to pay for AMC Plus. I'll bite my tongue. I'll tell y'all later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go right ahead and get into... Park Recommendations. I'm not going to hold you. This one was hard because once again, you know, we just talked about Scream and I was playing when I was like, ain't no fucking with this movie. And I know I'll be playing. Y'all be hearing me on Twitter and on the TikTok talking shit about Halloween. I know y'all do, but I, I, coming from my I, I be playing. I be playing. OK, but like I said, this is one of those movies where it's like the start of it. And what do you even compare to this? So I'm going to go in my bag. I'm going to go for a deep cut. That kind of was pretty much a spinoff of this. Jonna, you remember in our final exam episode, we talked about like how that was basically a ripoff of Halloween. Friday yes, Halloween. a very, very, very bad ripoff. Right. So, hey, wait a minute. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Why do you say all that now? Except for Radish. Radish was great. but Wait, because look, I said, I was like, yeah, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> but no. So this movie is Alone in the Dark. It's from 1982. And like I said, this one's a deep cut. And it makes me think of Halloween because... I don't want to give too much away, but it's about a character in a psychiatric home that escapes and wreaks havoc. So you see the connection there. Oh, well, survivors, if you have any park recommendations that fit today's ride, let us know on our Twitter or down in the DMs. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fucking 
final girl. So, you know, usually for the first episode, we usually kind of do a deep dive or whatever the theme is that we're talking about. So since we're not doing a cue line, we're going to save that for a little bit later. And we're just going to cut right to the good part. Y'all remember the first time y'all seen this movie? No. I just know that I had to be at a babysitter house. And I feel like it was on Betamax. Why do I feel like it's on Betamax? I don't know. I just remember being at the babysitter house, hearing the damn music, the lights is off in the basement. Cause that's where, you know, she kept all, the, all of us were in the basement. Her daycare was in the basement. Right. And I just remember the lights being off. I'm hearing that goddamn theme music and I see titties. That's all I remember. There were titties. I've told this story before. I know for a fact this is my first horror movie. I just remember being in the living room with my mom and my older brother. And like I said, they probably thought I was going to go to sleep. And they was fucking right because that shit was scary. (laughs) And I remember specifically waking up and Michael was charging across the fucking street about to come get Lori as she's screaming. I was like, oh, let me tell you. Is he really charging? I put I mean let's let's be real. No, but yes. Yes. That was quick for him. Like damn, like excuse me. But okay. Let me me air myself out real quick. Let me air myself out. So my last rewatch for the podcast was fucking magical. Oh my God, let me tell y'all about it. I am getting chills just talking about it. So here in the DMV, is that weird time of the year where you just need to pack for all four seasons. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was very beautiful outside. I started the movie because I was like, I'm not going to wait till nighttime, even though I wanted to. It just wasn't going to work for my schedule. Started watching the movie and the clouds start rolling in and i'm like oh okay whatever bet i can see the tv no glare if i have the windows open i'm watching it and then the rain starts falling i'm like okay cool bet fine bitch the thunder was in tune with the whole movie you would have thought john carpenter was i don't know composing some shit from i don't know the skyboard i was just like what the fuck is happening because it was a few parts that the thunder was hitting on the scares. And I done seen this movie so many times, but my ass was down there jumping. Like I ain't seen this shit before. It was just, it was amazing. Thank you for that, Jesus. It made it even better because I watched it on YouTube and the quality was so shitty, but I'm pretty sure that was like the original quality of what it looked like when it first came out. So Me. everything was in perfect shadow, like nothing. You know how sometimes when we get these new updated 4K versions and all that stuff, like it kind of ruins some things. You can and you get some weird green bed. glitch. Yeah, you know. I kept, <laughs> I was watching it with my boyfriend. He was like, why is the screen keep glitching green? What the heck? I'm like, listen, I don't know. When was the first time I watched this movie? Now, I ain't finna be sitting here and be like, this is my first time watching this movie. That'd be a lot of gas. And who knows? And actually, there's somebody out with a pitchfork right now outside my door. There should be if I would have said that. But I don't know when the first time I watched it. I just know I've seen this hoe. I can't say I don't watch it too many times. It's one of the motherfuckers that if they come around, I watch it and I watch it again. But I'm not seeking it out. I sought it out, for, of course, for today, but... Nope. I definitely feel like 
this is when you gotta put in the Halloween rotation in October specifically. Like, obviously we be walking around this bitch watching horror movies all the time, but in October, that's like a special lineup. And it's yeah. like, you have to watch the second one. <laughs> y'all you gotta know. watch the second one. You can't just watch the first one. You gotta watch the second one too. <laughs> so y'all know when it hits October 1st, it's my birthday. That, that theme song, <laughs> Is playing nonstop, okay? That's my anthem. <laughs> this movie was directed by John Carpenter. Ooh. It was also written by John Carpenter and his girlfriend at the time, Deborah Hill. Hey, girl, rest in peace. It was also produced by Deborah Hill. Yes, girl, legend. Love to see it. And the movie stars Donald Pleasance as Dr. Sam Loomis. Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. Can I can I say something right here? Sure. You know her face been long all her life. She never really grew into it. You know, it's so funny because my boyfriend was talking shit about her face too. And I was like, "You're rude. You're very rude." You know what? She got one of them faces like Sydney got. It's one of them acquired things. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Because I'm telling you, Brittany, whenever we do scrifting. I'm a light up. Scrifoon? Whatever we do, which one? Scrifoon? Yeah. You don't like that? (laughs) (laughs) And you, I know it really took you out because I just said it so confidently. (laughs) Scrifoon. She said, yeah, that's what it's called. Okay, Okay. honey. So cool it. Just cool it. I mean, I'm just just saying, y'all know. I'm like, damn, baby, you don't age like a motherfucker. You went from this to doing activity commercials, and that face what? just stayed Girl, as long as you it is now. She got the bag with that activity. Exactly. Anyway, when you think of activity, you I think of Jamie Lee Curtis. I do want to say something about Jamie and a few other people. I know we ain't got here yet, but Girl only got eight bands for this movie. Yeah. You know what? Her and that wire hanger deserve more. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, the the, the budget was only 300000 Yeah. Because, okay, John Carpenter, he only got 10 bands. Donald Pleasance, I think, got the most. I, they didn't say how much, but I think he got the most out of everybody. Like, that's crazy. And like, He was paid. Okay, so Donald Pleasance was paid 20000 for five days of work. Fuck. Damn. <laughs> Wish I could get that much money for five days of work. Okay. <laughs> Nothing too serious. I mean. Yeah. You know how many not, I, how many five days of work segments I be doing? Okay. I be busy January through March. Wouldn't hear from, and guess what? A bitch would be on damn vacation every day after that. <laughs> So we have quite a few people who played my man's Michael Myers during this movie. Mm -hmm. We have Nick Castle. He was only recognized as the shape. Then we have Mr. Mr. Tony, the one who signed my knife. Okay. Okay. I just want to ask you, do you know which one is which? So Tony is the one who was unmasked. Okay. No, I just really wanted to know if you knew that or not. I just yes. I, I, no, not like 
god, I just was really curious. I really wanted to know if you knew or not. Yeah, Tony's the one that was unmasked. And he actually didn't know that he was supposed to be wearing a mask the day that he came to set. So, And then Nick Castle actually felt some type of way because he was like, I want my face to be shown. But he was like, uh, John Yeah, Copter. because when you, because for a long time, like I said, he was credited as the shape himself. So it's not like until later when it was his name put in there. But <clears throat> if I see somebody else's face, I'm going to be thinking that's the person that's been up under there the whole time. Yeah. They just needed an innocent face, and Tony had an innocent face. Mm -hmm. And then we have PJ Souls as Linda Vanderclock. <laughs> Second appearance in the park. Messy as Norma from Mother and Carrie. Yep. Girl. Also, and that's why he hired her. Yes, because I'm just... Y'all knew. But drinking game, and we should have played this. Take a shot every time sis says totally, totally, totally. I was just like, damn, girl. <laughs> That's like me saying like. I know y'all be like, damn, you should say like every five seconds. but <laughs> We also have Nancy Keys as Annie Brackett. Why are you not saying you? Huh? What about Miss Brackett? Yeah. Who is she? She played Tom Atkins' bitter wife in Halloween 3. Oh, I guess because we hadn't covered it. I just wasn't thinking about it. You always talking about daggone season of the witch. I know. I just wasn't thinking about that. My bad. I was like, what? Oh my <laughs> I'm God. sorry. <laughs> my antennas was off. I was like, oh, why we stop? <laughs> we have Charles Cyphers as Sheriff Lee Brackett. Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace. No right. And you know, I always thought that she looked familiar every time I was watching. Well, I didn't watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. My mama watched it. So I walk in the room and she'd be like, she was a little girl on Halloween. And I was like, oh. But it'd be honey. like, you know, with us in pop culture, we'd be seeing people's faces in passing and don't even realize. Right. <laughs> we have Brian Andrews as Tommy Doyle and John Michael Graham as Bob Sims. Cinematography was done by Dean Cundy. It is so fucking good. Right? Oh, beautiful. This, like, for real, this rewatch, because I guess I really don't even know when's the last time I've sat and watched Halloween. I watch it in October, but it's also like I'm not sitting watching it either. I'm doing something else. But this is the first time I, like, sat, sat and watched it and got to take all that in. Mr. Cundy did that, honey. It was edited by Tommy Wallace and Charles Bornstein. And the music, goddamn music, done by John Carpenter himself in three days. And that's was he also on drugs? Ten bands on cigarettes. That's all? Because, I mean, when that, whenever I hear they be doing stuff in a couple days, like three days, I be like... Brittany, you got to understand, these mofos be hungry, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like... You could be hungry and be high. When he locked himself in the palms, wherever the fuck he was at, he said, I got bills to pay. John Carpenter, I got bills to pay. Did, did you see John Carpenter's luscious hair? He had shampoo to buy, honey. Did you see his deep cut V-necks? He had fashion to keep up. He, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm fangirling. Have you seen him? 
innocent girl go look. I, I mean, that's why I'm just going to be on the limb and just say they might have been on drugs. And that's okay. John Carpenter in the 70s. If they, that's fine. That's fine. Me too. 1970s. <laughs> she about to go. <laughs> oh, man. So we already touched on the fact that the budget was $300,000, right? He went so, from this to this. I can't fucking stand you. <laughs> Damn. Fuck, he really was on drugs. I wasn't playing. Leave him alone. He still looks good. Okay. You lying to me. He looked like um a damn Splendid Daddy now. I mean, he got all the money for it. So, I mean, he ain't a Splendid Daddy in the pockets. It's just the face. Damn How me. dare you call him a Splendid Daddy? Okay. He got the money. So he's still a sugar daddy. It's just his face. How dare you? Well, I mean, apparently the audacity of me, but I'm always an audacious bitch. So I can see it. Shame. Anyways, back to this budget. Even though the budget was only $300,000, it went to gross $47 million at the box office. Because, I mean, think about... Everything they get off that small budget, right? Like you have the cinematography, like we just talked about. A lot of the times, and people be like pointing it out, but I kind of think it's interesting. You could see crew members like running around in the back <laughs> of like certain parts, especially the part where they're, I think, in the Wallace's house or whatever. But it's because like they didn't have the fancy lighting and all of that when you watch this movie you really like damn no this is a lot of natural lighting like it's mm -hmm. big but it's not what we are used to seeing today where people are like creating false natural light does that make sense yeah yeah but then even the mask can we talk about the mask i know we said we was going to talk about lori but we'll get to lori when we get to review let's let's let this be actually i want to talk about that hundred dollars she spent on her wardrobe and that was it bitch what like only a hundred dollars at jc penny that's that's how a bitch do it hello <laughs> but she looks so good okay no right. we're gonna talk about lori right now we're gonna talk about her outfit later because i got a little special segment for that because yes that's william shatner's face yep <laughs> Like, I know survivors, y'all can't see me, but my mouth, like, I'm scratching my head because it's like when you see it, I see Michael, but then when you like squint your eye, you like, no, that's Billy. Like, that's him. <laughs> yep. That's actually very sad. He was not happy. He was not happy about that. Well, because, first of all, you are like a. Uh, a-list actor at the time and these people done took a mask of your liking first of all they could have picked anybody else's they picked yours then cut the eyes up painted it white fucked up the hair and it's kind of maybe might be a little bit more popular than you now the eyebrows and the sideburns are ripped off. The face was painted fish belly white and the hair was spray painted brown and they opened up the eyes a little bit more. Fish belly white. It is fish belly white. Yo. It is, but it looks so good. And it's crazy because, okay, so John, they, me and you as dancers, we're always taught like, don't be putting white bras in the shit because no, mm -hmm. no, because it shows. 
But when you look at Michael's face, he be blended into a lot of shit. He his do. White, his face being white, that's just so crazy to me. Like, a lot of the times when they keep him in the shadow, and this is what I like about my villains, a lot of, well, okay. Chucky, that's different, but he had his time. A lot of them that are in the shadows, it's just like that moment of you just staring, trying to figure out, is something there? Are you really seeing that? Or am I tripping? But like, oof, I love it. So when it came to the inspiration from Michael, John Carpenter, first of all, I ain't never heard of no kids taking no field trip to a psychiatric home. But what? Education. Yeah, I was going to say education, and I was also going to say maybe for, like, community Small service. Kids? Young kids? I think he said middle school. I think Education. Yeah, middle school is appropriate age. It's not like you, you, you at that point, you were preteen, so you were talking about, like, 10, 11, 12. Maybe. Well, there was a kid there that he saw. He said he was just sitting there. Kids seemed zoned out, disconnected from the world, and he had the blackest eyes the devil's eyes and he said yeah that was just that and then the actual name came from just some producer he met he was like yeah his name is michael myers that's him and good old austin powers don't like the fact that a famous serial killer is named after him first of all boo it ain't even named after i know but he's just not happy he's just not happy but i get it though but it's like (laughs) it's not like you've been replaced honey we still know it's it's funny because if somebody Use it in the right context. We still know which one you talking exactly. about. So it's not that bad. Chill out. How are you going to be jealous of a nigga that don't even talk? <laughs> he just breathes. Right. He like, know how to use the phone, phone, though. He know how to use the phone. He gets heavy ass breathing. He was trying to get into May's thing, call me maybe, and we told him he had to wait. That's what that was about. That's all. <laughs> Last petty note. Lori, John Carpenter was like, no, that's one of my ex-girlfriend's names, first and last. <laughs> what? Because, <laughs> like, I don't know if I was this Lori Strode, would I be delighted that I haven't died yet? Is this subliminal? Am I reaching? Okay, never mind. The man of your dreams helped out with this movie. Huh? The man of your dreams helped out with this movie. Robert? Yeah. Stop playing. Okay. So, my boyfriend had a bone to pick with this movie because he was trying to figure out why it did not look like it was fall and you supposed to be in Illinois. Right. Well. In California. Right. And so the crew had to buy paper leaves from a decorator and paint them in autumn colors and scatter them in filming locations. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Robert England said that John Carpenter had him throw bags of dead leaves on set one day. (laughs) What the fuck? Just just throw a bag bags of dead leaves. Just throw these leaves for one day. Just throw these. Because Did they tell this story, did Rob yes. tell this story? Why can yes. I hear him? Did he have his hand on his mouth? Well, I don't, I don't know, but he did it. He said it in an interview. He said it. Like I feel like I can see Robert. Y'all know me on a first name basis. He don't know me. Um, <laughs> I be feeling like he was probably sitting like this, 
and like off to the side and looking up every now and then through his braille. I could see it. But the crazy thing about it was because they couldn't just leave the leaves there. They after a scene was filmed, they had to rebag the leaves. So just imagine. Damn. Robert England frolicking in the street. (laughs) Throwing bags of leaves. And then collecting them and re-throwing them for all day. That makes me think of uh, remember when we had our sleepaway camp episode and they had to spray paint that whole section of the forest green. (laughs) At least they ain't had to well, I mean, I couldn't unpaint it, so. <laughs> oh, man. I do, um, one thing before we move on. This is another movie that had a different name before it was Halloween. It had two names. I only know about the babysitter murders. What was the other one? The night that he came home or something like that. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. That's kind of, ooh, yeah, chills a little bit, but I like Halloween. <laughs> I like Halloween too. Because at the time, no other movie had the word Halloween or let alone was just Halloween. And it was just like, what right. That? And like we said, once again, well, no, 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 no. Okay. Nope. Sorry, Halloween. Gave you a little bit too much because I think we got to get out to Black Christmas. We got to get out on the Black Christmas. Sorry, buddy. Close. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to gush on Michael, but it's about Lori today. We're going to save that conversation for Halloween, too. And especially because in the second one, he really in his prime in that one. That's like rare form, Michael. But anyway. Let's go right ahead and get ready for our discussion cue line or something. We'll be there. Just just come on. Come. Step in line. Your number is near. Follow the signs. Your time is right, here. So, Final Girl Summer. Let's talk about the actual title, the name Final Girl. So this was coined by Carol J. Clover in her 1992, shout out to us, book, Men, Women, and Chainsaw, Gender in the Modern Horror Film, to refer to the last girl standing at the end of a horror movie, especially a slasher movie. Clover, a professor with expertise in Scandinavian language and film, points to a common series of traits that final girls have. They're either virginal and virtuous. They sometimes have a unisex name. They might be brunette. And, you know, sometimes their character is supposed to be a reflection on something going on in society at the time. So what we're going to do is basically we're going to look at Ms. Lori Strode We're going to see where she matches up on this cliche final girl role. This is what we basically, I can kind of say, eh, let me rewind. Because the thing with Lori is she was one of the first final girls when we think about it. Not the first, but one of the first. However, her type of final girl is a little bit different. But I feel like I can't go any more further than that without making out a discussion. So let's start here. Do we think Lori is a virgin? I think so. She definitely is. What's that face for, Johnny? Why are you making that noise? Because I think she was, but I don't think it was intentional to make her one. It wasn't. 
Mr. Carpenter and Miss Hill okay. have died on this hill right. <laughs> for a very long time, saying that they did not consciously want to make her a virgin right. as a way of defending a killer. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that horny teens just be preoccupied mm-hmm. because they're too busy screwing around. Hence the reason why Jason died. And on the other hand, Miss Lori about her books. Right. And she'd be on her own. She's just more focused. Good. Right. Which is and why she's more aware. And see, that's the point that they were trying to drive, that she was just aware. But like I said. She was focusing on different things. I have an issue with this because you can be focused on your books and on sexual activity. I'm a prime yeah. example of that. You can we have examples of final girls that do this we're not going to bring them up yet but we have examples of final girls that do this but my point is just like johnny said this wasn't lori wasn't supposed to nobody said she was doing all that we just made this character that just happened to be on her fucking p's and q's albeit she might not be like the fiercest one in the bunch. That's not no shade, but you know, like we know nobody trying to make her modest on purpose. But I think when you look at a lot of the past final girls, like, okay, John A, sorry, I know you ain't seen this movie, but I have to bring her up for this point to be brought round circle. When you think about Jess from Black Christmas and Jess, girl, I fought for you to be in this theme, but they was like, no, save her for Christmas. And I was like, okay, whatever, even though be not. I have to bring up Jess from Black Christmas because, like I said, sorry, Johnny, it's not really spoiling it. But a point in that is, sis got some things going on. I'm going to keep it light, but if you know what you know, sis got some shit going on in that movie that does not align with what they're saying aligns with the final girl. So it just makes me curious. That's why I want to see where Lori Strode lines up. So let's move on to the next one. A unisex name. No, she doesn't fit in this one either. Lori? Yeah, her name is Luna. Luna. I'm going to say lunasex. Unisex. Lunasex? Wait, that's kind of cute. Lunasex. (laughs) We got a cosmic sex. Lunasex. Copyright D180. We're going to bring that back when we figure out what's fucking (laughs) Anyway, a brunette. Um, I don't know. Lori is kind of like a dirty blonde. Yeah. So maybe like a, maybe, maybe. Now I love this last one. Does she know the killer? It depends. Speaking of this movie, well, speaking as far as this movie, there we go. No, she has no fucking idea who this dude is. Like, they don't see each other till the goddamn end of the movie. Right. (laughs) You don't know who, when you think about it, she doesn't know who anybody is. And obviously y'all know we in the queue line, spoiler alert. Like Loomis, they meet at the end of the movie. She don't know who the fuck is this man screaming in this house. <laughs> but, <laughs> like it has to be confusing for this child when you think about it. I was watching it thinking about that. Like, damn, like. This man run up in this house to, sh- to shoot <laughs> this man. And I don't know what's going on. Not a goddamn thing. You confused. Okay. You've been traumatized to shit. You didn't seen three of your friends butchered. I got kids somewhere in this damn house. I don't know what they doing. Like, <sighs> y'all, maybe it's at the time for this. But Michael is dramatic as fuck. He is. He is, and I live for it. 
we was just laughing, okay? Me and Brandon was just laughing at Michael because <sighs> so cute. This nigga fell out like at least four times in the movie, but it wasn't no normal fallout. This motherfucker literally went bored stiff. Let me get back closer. This motherfucker literally went bored stiff, arms down, legs straight, fall on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's never like he's bent or nothing. He's just fall. First of all, fall. It's just the way you tried to steal Lori Shine by just inserting Michael. I'm just playing. Just- oh no, I'm I'm a, she gonna get her flowers too. I talked about her on the damn wire hanger. She really deserves hers. Um it's just it's worth noting that he traumatized the fuck out of her by posing her friends as dolls. Like it was just a lot going on there. So we talked about Lori being basically we'll say as we go through the month, we'll give them categories. So we'll say like Lori is basically like a first generation final girl, even though we low key just busted up that she really don't fit in a lot of these little standard modes that have been set for the quote unquote final girl. She <clears> is the okay. mode. Hold on. Hold One on. of the modes. Hold up. That's oh, lot. no, this ain't the kill I'm down. I'm just saying she was there before the mode was kind of. Look, this is where I start bringing the claws out because where I'm where I'm a hype my girl on the getting that ass. Um, baby, I know we ain't talking about the movie yet, but my points will line up later. But you barely made it through this movie. You got lucky, honey. That's how you got through this movie. And that brings up my next point. As far as Lori goes, is she fight or flight? It's giving flight. But at, actually, no, because she did poke that nigga in the head with the little needle. No, y'all know you heard me talk about this damn wire hanger. She is a fighter. This bitch was literally, eh, when stick you got move. into a corner, the first instinct is to run. But when you can't run, now you fight back. Well, I mean, she is a white woman watching children in a house with no power. I don't expect much out of her to begin with. There was power. They just ain't trying to fucking lights on. At that house, she was in. No, he cut the power. That's why she can call the police. Annie's house. You said at Annie's house? No. Not Annie's house. The, the Wallace's house. Oh. Yeah, he cut the power on her, on her ass. She couldn't yeah. do nothing. Um, She was out of luck. So, no, I, I, I feel I wouldn't have did the same thing because I wouldn't have been in the situation. Fuck some kids. But hey. Now we'll say with all those points that you two have made, she is resourceful. The wire hanger, like you said. Um knitting needle. Mm-hmm. The knitting needle, like we brought up. But I don't know. It's just I don't know. Because can't she be like a medium? Can't she just be in the middle? Maybe. I'm fine with that. She wasn't a fight. She wasn't a fight. She was like a freeze. There we go. She, that's what the fuck this bitch is. <laughs> Damn, that's I mean that's the third one. That that like, there's three. Worse. That's three responses. Fight, fight, or girl. freeze. I feel like freeze is worse. That's like <laughs> damn bitch, you about to get cut up. But I mean, because here's the thing. Like the reason why I say like girl, you got lucky. Like you literally got lucky because your ass was about to get chopped. Chopped. If Loomis hadn't came enough. Hey. Ooh. <laughs> she didn't have another wire hanger. Look, her luck was running out. Mm-mm. And then also because she's a first generation final girl, we see her making a lot of the first generation final girl mistakes. Like when she uh, pops him with that sewing needle 
I think she gets a hold of the knife and then she just drops it on the floor because she thinks he's like dead. I'm like, girl, no. It did make me think of Cabin in the Woods. And I was like, she did it twice. Did, did she pass out on that couch or did she like just have a moment? She just had a moment to breathe. Yeah. That was but a dumbass moment. She should have stabbed the fuck at that nigga. She does it again at the door where they're sitting through the doorway and Michael trying to show off his abs with a stomach because he's trying to be a city boy in these streets. She thought he's getting up like the living dead. <laughs> That's all he did the whole movie. Michael's workout plan. <laughs> Are you ready to go on the ride now? Yeah, I think we've assessed Miss Lori. So, like I said, throughout the rest of the month, we're going to be adding the other final girls to the list, and then we'll be actually comparing them to the ones that we've talked about before. So, if you're ready, let's go right ahead and get into 1978 Halloween. Halloween night. A small American town. 15 years ago. Halloween. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just talk. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. The only reason she babysits is to have a Halloween. really trying to see like was y'all serious is this really the trailer is this a new trailer that y'all cut up but no i think that was that was really the real it. trailer they ain't get oh, no fuck okay God. they just said here's a trailer now watch our movie why did they do that i hated it 
all of the good, all of the good Everything. parts are in there. And yeah, you don't really have context to what's going on. And okay, we didn't really talk about this too much in the beginning. This isn't the first movie of its kind, but a lot of people look at it that way. I can't give you any other examples of babysitters getting killed, but this wasn't the first one to do that um, or be like just a slasher in that vein. But why did you do that? I can't get over it. Like literally all of the good moments are in the chamber. Everything in no particular order, but it's there. Right. In no particular order, <laughs> but they're there. <laughs> like, even and they, some of them are out of context, like Annie on the bed with the uh, tombstone, Judy, Judy, whoever Judy is. They had to get asses why. in seats, y'all. And that's all in- looks like it's supposed to be Judith. And when we did dolls and Rosemary called her Judith, I really wanted to call her Judith because that's just, I don't know. It just looked like that in my head. <laughs> Rosemary. Judith, you're not my mom. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) It's Halloween night, 1963, and we're in Haddonfield, Illinois. We're getting a peeping Tom's view of Judith and her boyfriend starting to fool around on the couch because you know this 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 person is standing outside the window. Once Judith and her boyfriend goes upstairs, the little peeping Tom goes into the kitchen, grabs a knife watches the boyfriend leave out the house, descends the stairs, picks up a clown mask, puts it on, goes into Judith's room, and stabs the fuck out of her naked tits. Whole time, we find out it's Michael. My tit. (laughs) (laughs) I, it's, this, again, is one of those opening scenes that is up there with screen first things first i do have to come out with a negative point that pov is tall as shit for a six-year-old it is i said damn this is tall um steve what the fuck Mm, i I can't stand no man man what was that uh definitely a minute was it even a a Okay, uh, is in here. So hold on. <laughs> I have my notes. One second. Okay, here we go. At three minutes and fifty-four seconds, the lights go off. We're you know in the room where Michael, not Michael, but Judith and her boyfriend are. The boyfriend is heard saying good night from the stairs at the five-minute mark, leaving only one minute and six seconds for them to have slept together. They must have already been naked before the lights went off and also have gotten like eight pumps in or something. I don't think she even took her drawers off. Right. He just did it while everything was on. He didn't even All like he do any. to see the tits, obviously. I don't think he took his clothes off. No, he didn't. He's fully clothed and she butts naked. No, she still had her panties. So that's what I'm saying. He just put this aside, just freed the tits so he could see. That's all. Damn, she probably didn't have proper lubrication. That probably was not, not probably. No. That's why she was up brushing her hair because there was nothing out of there. No. She didn't get nothing out of that. 
Michael was like, girl, you deserve better. This is for being done. You know what? This movie actually, ha- I know we haven't got there yet. This movie has a problem with one minute men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Them motherfuckers don't even last like a old buddy or later on. He got like two pumps in and they were talking about this was good. So it's where. So is that Michael's trigger? Is he is he avenging women? I hope so. I mean, but he also killing us. Eliminate a one minute man. Go on, Michael. Shout out my nigga, Michael. I don't know. Is it his trigger? It could be lots of things. Tips can be his trigger, just like Mm -hmm. um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. Naughty. Um, maybe if if you fake an orgasm like they did, right? Or it could be horrible babysitters not paying attention to doing their job. Michael has a lot of triggers. He's just basically just like Jason, just eliminating trash. The Lord's work. <laughs> he stabs up his sister because at this point we realize it's Michael, her little brother. And I also think. That that's so interesting that like when he's stabbing Judy, Judy, Judith, whoever, that he looks at his hand is just watching his hand stab his sister. Like you got you know, Jose that. pointed that out. He was like, What the fuck are you looking at his hand or looking at your hand he's for? Fascinated. Hmm. That's really what I don't know. That's the best Possibly. way to describe it. I just really think he just like you know how some people when they commit these crimes they say they literally just be in a trance like they don't know what the came in some cases not all but i i really think michael just snapped and i think the one thing that really gets me about this version is this is the suburbs the suburbs like, what the fuck michael what happened michael Audrey? suburbia what like this you know what I'm saying? It's not like the Rob Zombie version where we get that background story and then you kind of like, okay, I get it. I get it. This boy probably go to a private prep school. Like, you know what I'm saying? When his parents pull up, you know they just went to a nice little expensive steak dinner on Halloween night, which I don't know who does that, but they did. I'm just trying to figure out why his parents just stood there looking at him. So that actually was supposed to be it was supposed to be a freeze frame, but not an actual freeze frame. But that artistically is what it was. Oh, okay. Because I'm just like... So that's why the scene just stops like that. And you just see the light reflecting off the knife. Because I'm just and like... Just- <laughs> why are they just standing there staring yeah. at this little boy? Like, they're not going to do nothing? The next, but, but. Yeah. Okay. And then why he had to be dressed like a fucking clown? That So and that's the next thing. Was he mad at her because she didn't take him out for Halloween? That's a very good reason. You ain't taking me trick or treating. It was Halloween. That's night. a good reason. You are here. Yeah, it I was did. Halloween night, and she didn't take him out. I wanted to get some candy, and you wanted right. to get dick. You're not the only one trying to get sweet sticks. That's a lot. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. It's October 30th, 1978, and we're in Smith's Grove, Illinois. Dr. Loomis and his nurse are headed to the Illinois State Hospital in the middle of a storm to see Michael. Michael, apparently, hasn't spoken a word in 15 years, and their whole purpose of going is to fully understand what they're dealing with. 
The doctor doesn't want Michael to ever get out of the hospital, but at this point, they just go on for semantics. I think is really well that last point you said about Dr. Loomis, because he refers to him as it. Yeah. And Marion is like, um, we can call him him. He's like, no, we cannot. <laughs> it. <laughs> when they get to the hospital, there's patients just outside in the rain wandering around, and this is not normal. And the nurse is confused, like, uh, is like, bitch, they look like cows. <laughs> <laughs> it was the white robes. That's what it was. I was like, is that a cow? And she's confused. And so I, I, I'm just, I just wish he would have listened to her. Anyways, doctor ain't listened to her. Go to the main gate. So he hops out the car, goes to the gate, and she stays in the car and gets her ass attacked. And sure. when she flees the car, Michael gets in and drives away. I just want to say. Goes ride the whip. <laughs> She got the fuck. I just want to say, what type of glass was that? Okay, I just because I like being a menace, I didn't notice it until the last watch. You can see like the little whatever he had. A wrench. Yeah. They taped a wrench. Yeah. They taped a wrench to his hand. But I'm talking about the glass. Like, what type of glass is that? And why did it break like that? That was not glass. That was it's like else. that little false glass that you smash people's heads with. Yeah, but it looked it bad. Had been. I mean, it looked bad later on in the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't there okay. <laughs> they said you know what it's it's the late 70s late 80s y'all can't see y'all little small ass tvs anyway <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know it was gonna be like this <laughs> now it's halloween and we're back in haddonfield on the way to school Lori Strode has to go drop off a key at the old Myers place and someone was coming to look at it later. On the way there, Tommy, the kid that she's babysitting that night, runs up to meet her and tells her, you know, you're not supposed to go up in there. That's the spook house. As she places the key under the mat, we see Michael staring at her and breathing from inside the house. As Tommy leaves her and she walks down the street singing a weird ass song about wishing she had someone all alone, Michael stands behind her just staring and breathing. You know she made up that song? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can tell. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, like, is this a song? And what song is this? This sounds weird. It's a lot of made-up songs in this movie. <laughs> but I do love how this is kind of like our first... In- well, we get a little taste of it in the opening, but you don't really pay attention to it too much. This time when you hear him breathing behind the door, that's when you're really like, oh, shit, this nigga grown. Like, he 21 now. <laughs> it's like, first of all, that reminded me of Billy. When he was like, oh, Billy. Billy, oh, look at now. you. Billy. You know, filled out, Billy. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Yo, please go back and listen to that Silent Night, Deli Night. <laughs> Yo, that is my movie. That is my movie. Because me and Jane did ask had the same reaction, and <laughs> we had to pull it back a little bit because the shit was funny. That theme song, anyway, Ooh, gotta love it. <laughs> Tommy Doyle, Lori, girl, why are you trying to go to that spook house? Can you stop? But I mean, I feel like once again, this is one of those things. Like every town every neighborhood y'all got that one spooky house that y'all not supposed to fuck with or you know if you live in the midwest you might have a few shout out to gary it's okay but yeah for whatever reason either somebody like died in the house 
somebody got killed there like y'all quiet y'all can't relate to me never mind this is just my ghetto life okay <laughs> oh for real John are you serious not you PG living okay so you know when my first few years of life we lived with my nana and she lived in the city Right. And oh, she yeah. live in she live in Northwest. She uptown. It's not like she in southeast in the hood. It's like she 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 would have bougie people left. Then oh. we moved to PG. And right. in our neighborhood, we lived in the same neighborhood. Maybe switched houses and we switched houses in the same neighborhood, but lived in the same neighborhood since 1999. Right. And there's no abandoned houses in that neighborhood. Sorry. <laughs> Suburbs. <laughs> we love to see it we love that <laughs> i don't know about Brittany, but <laughs> i have a story but i can't tell it right now i know one thing we didn't get to talk about in the queue and my bad girl i was i just really forget this is also where when we see Lori, we see the fashions we see what it's looking like we see what it's giving I just feel like, well, actually, really, this is our first intro to Lori. It's the first time we see her, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, first time we see her. And she has on, like, the little, um, little, I don't know what, the- I don't know what I'm trying to say, but that little white cardigan, there we go, a white cardigan with a little button up and a little flowy skirt. And I'm trying to think, like, once again, this was not intended but I mean, yeah, you could say it's modest, but when you look at her other friends, it's not like they dress any much more different than her, you know? Lori's clothes, a little cute, innocent, okay? Hair just flowing in the wind. Love her. And she gave us some looks. That's why I'm like, my bad girl, I forgot to talk about your fashions, but we gonna, we gonna still give them to you. The doctor, back to him. He is now blaming the psych hospital for Michael's escape. The man in charge had the nerve to tell Mr. Dr. Loomis, I mean, it's your patient. If the controls were strong enough, you should have told somebody. Now, this sets off Dr. Loomis because he told everybody who would listen about Michael. And the man running the facility still not listening because the doctor knows where Michael is going. But the man was simply say, probably going, nigga. You just said this man knows his patient and he should have warned people. Well, he's sitting here still warning you and you ain't doing shit. He's 150 miles away. He can't drive. Well, obviously he can because he made it there in one piece. He was doing very well last night. Yeah, them motherfucker show said who taught him. I don't know. Y'all got... He was show driving. Right, and he made it, show hit that turn. He made it in his destination in one piece and killed a nigga along the way. Okay. And yeah. stole his clothes. And there was no dents on that car. So he was going exactly. pretty fine. No police were killed in his driving of the miles. Exactly. Now we're back in Haddonfield at Haddonfield High School. Lori sees Michael standing outside the school behind the car he stole, just staring at her. <laughs> she looks. So- I want to know, like, is this the beginning of our classroom tropes? Because I I was just curious, and I'm listening to what homegirl was saying. Once again, don't know if this was intended or not, but she's talking about how, like, you can't change your fate. Like, if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. And I'm wondering, like, is them meeting, like, 
that was just fate like damn but like I said I don't know could be maybe not this is the first portion where I know you mentioned the, the classroom tropes but this is where we see Michael disappearing he started disappearing at okay mm-hmm. because she looked away yeah. to answer a question and then when she looked back his ass gone we see Man. I think like even okay for some reason it unsettled me more that it was just more than him and it was him in a whole fucking car <laughs> like skirt like we didn't hear shit we didn't hear an engine we didn't hear nothing i'm glad we know his disappearing act goes to anything he touches so it's not just him if we touch a car it just vanishes in thin air too it doesn't fucking matter you're all gonna disappear if michael myers was on tiktok y'all know that one challenge where you take the Or you take the sheet and throw it up and you disappear. Yeah, to make the dogs freak he out. He wouldn't even need the sheet. No, he wouldn't. He just, just had to do his wrist like this. It. He'd be gone. <sighs> Outside of Tommy's school, Tommy gets taunted by a group of kids and tripped up, causing him to fall face first into the big ass pumpkin he was carrying, smashing it. As one of the kids runs away, he's stopped by Michael, gets spooked, and runs the opposite way. And now Michael is just creepily watching and following Tommy. That's what Lonnie badass get. <laughs> Brandon talking about something. So he 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 don't like bullies? I'm like, I guess not. No. <laughs> Y'all see how Michael get down right. and later move. But um, first of all, that was a perfectly good pumpkin. I would have been so freaking pissed you know but. also i would have been pissed too i would have been pissed being production because apparently they couldn't it was a bad heart it was very hard to find pumpkins to begin with i wonder how many pumpkins they right. had to go through a lot because it's so many how many times they had to take had had to uh film that damn especially working with kids too probably a lot oh man This is also where, like, Tommy is starting to get the idea of the boogeyman. And that's that's why I think that's why karma works so fucking fast. Because you see, they was trying to scare Tommy, talking about the boogeyman, and then Lonnie got his ass caught up. Mm-hmm. Michael was, you got touched by Angel. <laughs> now, back to the doctor. This man's still trying to warn niggas, but nobody's listening. He finds an abandoned car with Michael's hospital clothes nearby, along with a rabbit and red matchbook that belongs to the nurse. But this man couldn't even be bothered to look for the dead body that was a few feet away. He just ran back to his car instead. He probably ain't think it was one. But ain't it some, wasn't it blood like on the car or something? No, no. This movie is like low-key pretty bloodless. Really the only blood I remember is just some uh, Judas. There was blood on him though. The guy that was in the bushes. It was just like right yeah. on his chest. That was it. That's why I was like, was it any like on the car? Because that's what that's why I figured that he didn't check like to see if there was a body because he just probably was like, oh, this nigga and stripped his clothes and dipped. Back at the high school, Linda and Lori are walking home when Annie runs up to join them. Typical girl talking sues when Michael drives by. Totally. And Annie yells at him, hey, jerk, speed kills. And my man slams on brakes and just sits there a while before he drives off. Mm. Mm. <laughs> After Linda leaves them to go in the house, Lori sees Michael standing behind the bushes just staring at her. But of course, once Annie goes to look, he's gone. I do like this dialogue between the girls. Thanks to Deborah Hill. She was like, I was a babysitter. I was a teenage girl once. We 
talk like that besides the totally totally but other than that <clears throat> i mean it was the 70s yeah <laughs> no i yeah i just it's so funny because she says it so many times in that one part <laughs> but t- didn't you totally talk like that when you were in high school it totally, totally makes sense to me. I say like a lot. I say like a lot, especially when I'm trying to like feel space. So I can't go in on her, but it's just so funny because she put so much emphasis on it. That's what like makes- totally. It just just how it was. Also, I think um when they're talking, basically this whole little part, we get in this setup subtly. Like we all know that they all gotta babysit, except for Linda, who has a date, but they like, no, nah, girl. We about to do such and such and such and such and such and such. I do like this little moment <laughs> where um, Annie's like, I need a place to. And Lori's like, shit. And everybody stopped. And Annie's like, well, I have a place to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Annie, girl, you better watch yourself. Because Michael wasn't about to play mm-hmm. with you. I guess you know, but... Stops on breaks real fast. Listen. That's my favorite. You, what? Bitch, what? Say it again, That's bitch. That's how I be feeling. Like, when somebody honk at me, first of all, can I take a second to move my foot from the brake to the gas? I'll sit here. Oh, oh, that's my favorite. I will go slow. Don't let it be um the morning time and we going to the work in the DMV. I will ruin your day because I leave early anyway, so I'm not late. I got time to be petty. Okay, <laughs> thought I had a burp. <laughs> Lori gets home, puts her step down, and looks out her open window, and Michael is standing in the yard in between the laundry. We see her face. The camera goes back to the yard, and Michael isn't there anymore. And at this point, Lori's scared and shut the window. And I just want to know, where the fuck did he go? Like, she didn't see him leave? In front of her face. She Did she not see him leave? Like, all the camera did was pan from the yard to her face and back to the yard. She never stopped looking. She's seen it. We didn't see mm. it. That's what makes it more fucked up. <laughs> she seen it. We just didn't see it. <laughs> like, he was standing right there. Like, Lori, that's why you can't be manifesting stuff like that when you by yourself. Like, you said, sometimes I wish you wish I had you all alone, and look what happened. Look at you. Mm-hmm. He heard you. He heard you singing, and he thought you were singing to him. Then... To make matters worse, the phone rings. At first, no one is there. All she hears is chewing. So she hang up. Turns out it was just Annie when Annie called back. And now it's nap time until Annie picks her up. Annie, I didn't even bring this up earlier, but Annie is a bad friend. <laughs> like Annie gives me jealous friend vibes <laughs> because earlier I didn't mention this, but um, <clears throat> when they were talking about who they were babysitting and blah 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 like Annie's like just talking about how Lori's always scaring off boys and how boys don't talk to her and Lori Lori is like that friend that her friends be talking shit about her to her face but she don't be realizing that they be doing it and she just kind of like points out the obvious you know what I mean that's so sad it is sad but that's what like because Linda and Annie both were like on her head about different stuff, but it was more Annie than Linda. I was like, you give me jealous friend vibes. Like, you don't want to secretly be hating, low key. 
But also, don't don't call me fucking chilling. That's what all this started about. If y'all don't know, Ashley does not like the sound of people chewing. I don't like, and I wrote in my notes, this ain't no damn mukbang. <laughs> Yo, I gotta send you the video. I have this video, right? Where <sighs> a couple years ago, I actually sent it to somebody. My ex was on the phone with me chewing and I was trying to record a video for this contest I was in. And he was just on FaceTime, just and I got pissed. And I was like, shut the fuck up. This ain't no damn Chipotle mukbang. <laughs> and he flicked me off. What? It's like, why? My God. I can't handle and it. Was the, and it was bad. Like, normally I don't have a problem with people eating, but the way he was eating, it was just, oh my gosh. But anyways. Our good old doctor friend has finally made it to Haddonfield. His first stop was the graveyard, only to find that Judith Meyer's tombstone was no longer there, indicating to the doctor that Michael has indeed come home. I, Michael, Michael Audrey, come on, come talk to me. Why are you, why are you so petty? Tombstone's heavy as a motherfucker. Right. But no, here's the thing. You already took your sister life. You gonna take her tombstone too? You not just gonna let it go? Like, come on, Michael Audrey. <laughs> like, damn, you didn't. Damn, that's rude. I can't wait until I get a house with a yard. I'm getting that tombstone. That's cute. No, that's cute. I know. Uh-huh. I can't wait. Just put it in the backyard. <laughs> not in the backyard. Under it's a tree. Don't <laughs> no, put it in the front yard. <laughs> Like right by the flower bed is one of them things like you gonna be like, that a fucking tombstone? <laughs> Most definitely is. At night it's gonna have a little light that shine up on it. Oh man, I can't wait. Can't wait. As Annie and Lori drive to their babysitting gig, they smoke some pot. Mm. Once again, final girl's not supposed to do drugs, but look at that. Little baby lungs and Boy, does she have baby lungs. Right. <laughs> All up until they get yeah, in front of Annie Daddy. Wait, I'm like, you ain't even hit it that hard. That must have been some Reggie. <laughs> but I don't know, because Reggie stinks too. I ain't smelled it in a minute, but like, what was y'all smoking that he ain't smelled at? Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was just too Reggie. I think he was just too preoccupied with the fact that somebody had just robbed the hardware store and they stole, they stole Halloween mask, rope, and a couple of knives. Talking about some, oh yeah, it was just some kids. What kids is stealing rope, knives, and masks? This sounds like a crime that's waiting to happen. To the us, rope got me. That's, to us, not kids. now to us, that sounds very, very sus. But then I'm pretty sure they like, oh, it's Halloween. Somebody's buying this shit for their costumes. The knife, very questionable. Because why the fuck you need the sharp ass knife? To cut the rope? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time that they're driving, right? They're being filed by Michael. So as soon as the girls pull off, the doctor rolls up on the sheriff. But... Again, nobody wants to listen to the doctor. 
and they don't, the sheriff doesn't want to listen to the doctor's warnings and plays into the left as Michael drives right behind the doctor undetected. Okay. <laughs> he really just went just unnoticed. <laughs> right? But Annie and Lori finally make it to their babysitting gig and Michael is outside watching Annie like a hawk. They drove for a long ass time. How you drive that long? One, and I, I realized that you being followed. And two, it's dark. By the time you get- I noticed somebody for two lights. We <laughs> got a problem. We got a whole ass problem. That situation. Also, to go back to something, the BTK, I had to look this shit up. The BTK killer was going on then. So the rope should have been like something wrong. They should have been like, no, this is this is not kids. He was active, actively killing motherfuckers in. Maybe because, and this can just be, well, I don't know. We all the same age. I know who that is, but I don't know who that is. So I don't even know the significance. And I'm also just going to be like, we were in the 70s. We didn't have social media. We didn't know about this shit. <laughs> oh, he was a big deal. Um, That's why I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it was bond, torture, kill. Because he tied them up. Oh, I thought those were like his initials or something. No. Look, BTK. <laughs> BTS. How about fucking... Annie, I know I was just talking shit, but can you be my babysitter? Because she was like, we about to watch six hours of horror movies. I was like, I want to watch. What y'all watching? <laughs> Also, this is when we hear Don't Fear the Reaper. We just heard that in Scream, but this is the actual song by Blue Oyster Colts. Y'all should check it out. I like it. It's kind of scary. Don't get scared, but. No, Lord. I guess the sheriff wants to listen to the doctor finally. So he takes him to the Myers house. And there's a dead dog on the inside that's still warm. And the doctor's like, yeah, Michael got hungry. And the sheriff is just like, yeah, no, that's a skunk. Since when do skunks eat dogs? First of all, I just, I, I, just I don't think I do that. Out. And I know we said what we said about not like going further than this movie, but Michael is a known puppy smusher, and y'all like him. I'm making faces at y'all in judgment. Who is y'all? The people that like Michael, and y'all know that he be smiting out dogs like that. That's crazy. I hate that you use smite. <laughs> um, Michael could still do no wrong. Ooh. Where's Peter? Somebody at them right now. I guess I can't talk shit because I know in a few weeks y'all gonna fire my ass up and I'm be like, <laughs> because really, honestly, I, oh, truly, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street, but I probably don't remember it. So I'm probably going to be looking at this with a fresh new lens and I'm be like, actually, what the fuck is wrong with you? And still, why won't y'all listen to the damn doctor? The doctor is <laughs> telling you about Michael and y'all won't listen. It ain't no fucking skunk. Michael ate the dog. Anyways. This is also what he, uh, I was playing earlier when I said it, but where we get the line of basically Loomis saying like no this is the real deal like this kid is fucking evil i stared at this kid i worked with this kid for a minute and it ain't nothing behind them eyes right it's just gone like this plays like a soap opera but whore yeah all my pumpkins (laughs) (laughs) 
I just want to talk about how the, the piece of glass that scared the fuck out of him. <laughs> he got spooked by the house falling apart. And the sheriff's just looking at him like, get it together. But I mean, shit, dealing with Michael, I guess so. Oh, man. But like Ashley said, he gives his whole backstory into how he came across Michael and all that. And after telling the sheriff this story, he decides to stay at the house and camp out while the sheriff goes and looks for him. He really just, by camp out, stood behind a hitch. <laughs> We're half the movie. That is, camp- that is camping out, okay? <laughs> I just stood there. Didn't make it. <laughs> oh my gosh. While babysitting, Annie calls out Lori to chat it up while Michael is lurking outside the house. Annie is babysitting it. Of course, Tommy, being the perfect angel baby that he is, sees it, but Lori doesn't believe him. Right before hanging up the phone, Annie spills something on herself, causing her to strip in the kitchen while Michael watches and breathes. When she gets a new shirt on, he knocks the hanging planter down on purpose. Now that cracked me up. Now the dog sees Michael for real, for real this time and box out the storm, but Michael grabs him and kills him. See? Oh, no, I got a lot to unpack for this little scene, right? So, first of all, hashtag believe the innocent kids. Right. We could have nipped this in the butt so much long ago. Tommy really could have been our Andy Barkley. Right. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, this is also where we find out that Annie set up Lori with Ben Tramer. I don't know why. That is such a good character name, Ben Tramer. His name is Bennett Tramer. But ben I was Tramer. literally about to say that. His name is Bennett. It's like it's so cute. I like it. I really like it. But um again, Lori is like boy shy and it's kind of cute. Like she's like, no, I am gonna be so embarrassed. I can't talk to him. But it's she Lori on this rewatch she really is almost like that socially awkward Daria character almost like she gave me those vibes upon this rewatch you know what I mean yeah no <laughs> I think about mm-hmm. it I could like see it's it. not it's not super super Daria but she be sarcastic like I don't know I I just see it I'm seeing the vibe of it Miss Annie first things first when she was like making popcorn I don't know why the fuck that was so funny I don't know why she said that like that but please go back and just listen to her say that one line it had me on the floor why did they have her in those tight ass pants? Y'all seen that one shot where they looked at Lester the dog, but it's like her camel toe is right in the camera. I don't know who I was supposed to be looking at. I was supposed to be looking at the dog or the camel toe. Like I was confused. You only spill butter on your shirt. Why you get butt naked? They needed an excuse for her to be naked. I they did. It got on more than her shirt. It got on her pants too. We just and, didn't see it. Okay, so I just moving into my last point. I feel, (laughs) being slightly a perv, I feel like Michael was the audience because you were expecting to see more. And since he didn't see more, he (laughs) smashed that little planter. When I say Brandon was cracking up, he was like, Michael's a badass. (laughs) 
He really is. Turn around. (laughs) So I don't want to call this um, an OSHA alert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shout out to Cody and Sergio. But my my boyfriend had to call bullshit on the dog killing. Because he said that it's not easy to kill a German Shepherd. You know, he's in the military. He works with the police dogs and stuff all the time. He said Michael would have been ripped to shreds by the dog. But I told him that Michael is magical and he don't die. So, yeah, Michael got that man control like Bebo. <laughs> I know Smokey said he had the man control, but uh, it's Debo. It's Debo. <laughs> Annie goes to wash clothes in the laundry room that's not attached to the house. And Michael is out there watching her and playing games with her at this point. He locks her ass in the laundry room and she tries to come out the window and gets stuck. The only reason she ends up being saved is because Lindsay, not Lindsay, but Paul called the house and Lindsay ran out there to tell her. Yo, Jerko. Did y'all see that Clorox box? That like old one? Yeah. Took me. First, it was just like once again, so much going on in this. Clorox scene. too. <laughs> It's like we came a long way, right? <laughs> and that's what I say this all the time. Like we've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. Like if you was born in the era that we were born in, we literally seen way too much. <laughs> I'm convinced. Like we've just seen too many things have an evolution that I'm just like, dang, that did kind of look like that, didn't it? But Enzi was into that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, I am watching the thing. Please don't disturb me, honey. Do what you're going to do. Also, um, something happens right here. What is it? I didn't write it in my notes. Something happens right here. Hold on. Lindsay ignored the fuck. She didn't care. She didn't pay attention. Every time she called her, Lindsay, Lindsay said, fuck you, bitch. I'm watching. I'm watching this movie. I cannot be bothered. Stop trying to get me talk to people. Quit trying to get me answer the phone. I'm doing something. Leave me be. Okay, sorry. I was like, you were muted. I was screaming. <laughs> oh, that, damn. I'm sorry. Okay. Now that Annie is unstuck, she's making plans to get some dick while Michael is watching her again from outside the house. And like the terrible babysitter that she is, she drops Lindsay off with Lori and Tommy and goes back to her car. Can we go back? Because she's terrible. First of all, she didn't even close the damn door when they got back in the house. And Michael was just standing right there. I love that shot, though, of the camera going back and forth, them switching places, and he disappears. It was giving TikTok transition. We should redo it. TikTok on the clock. Oh, wow. (laughs) Sorry. They gonna eat you up. That's a joke on TikTok. I know. Damn. I couldn't even defend you. I was like, ooh. (laughs) And it's funny because you literally are a month younger than me. <laughs> That's what be making it so funny. But um, and I'd be acting so old. Listen, okay, I'll be like, you okay? <laughs> there ain't nothing wrong with it. What was I about to say about Miss? Um, okay, so you remember. Maybe it was the Tamara episode when you taught me when Winnie the Pooh was. Yes. 
I'm like, Annie is definitely doing this right now. But it was the fact that they had this girl bent over in the windowsill with her ass tooted. She wasn't technically winning the pulling because her bare ass wasn't out. It wasn't, but it made me think of that. But also, I'm just like, once again, I know that the movie wasn't drawn in this lens, but it's just so crazy how we get all of these shots of just Annie and Linda. But like I said, they were supposed to be the distracted girls, so that comes to the territory. After dropping off Lindsay with Lori and Tommy, she goes back to the house to get her car to go get her nigga Paul, but the door is locked. So she goes in the house to grab her keys, but doesn't even when she so she goes in the house to get her keys, but when she comes back out to the car, she don't even put the key in the hole. She just opens up the car door. And when she, I said Annie. Annie. She was too distracted by her made-up son. Right. And so <laughs> when she gets inside, the windows are fogged. And now she looks up confused. And then I love this because she actually like looks at the camera. But but like she looks up confused, and that's when Michael gets her ass. It was really that at this moment she knew. <laughs> she fucked up. <laughs> Because I, because first of all, I'm like, girl, you just went to go get the keys. You ain't think twice. When that door opened a little too easy, I would have just stood there for a second like. She ain't think about it until she got in the car. Too late now. Oh, no. I know. And that scare is so good because, like, we really sit there and, like, damn, girl, you in danger. And you hear the breathing and it just happens. Oh, girl. See? If your ass wasn't being fast and you was just babysitting, probably wouldn't have happened. Or if she would have just noticed that the car windows were fogged up before she got in the car. She, didn't she wouldn't have been at the car because she would have been babysitting right. in the house. Oh, no, I was saying she could have still been trying to get some dick. She should have just noticed that the car windows was fogged up and been like, you know what? Abort mission. Tommy hides in the curtains to try and scare Lindsay. But he turns around and looks out the window and sees Michael carrying Annie's body into Lindsay's house yeah, and freaks the fuck cool. out. And of course, Lori doesn't believe him, but Lindsay does. I believe you, Tommy. That was so cute. That oh. <laughs> so was so sweet. No, I know he was pissed. He said, damn, bitch, I was trying to scare you. Now look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, at this point, Dr. Loomis is just waiting around at the Myers house in vain because Michael down the street running the fuck him up, okay? And the doctor just thinks he's doing something when he scares some kids away from the house until the sheriff turned around and snuck up on his ass to tell him that, listen, Michael ain't out here, but I guess we just gonna keep on looking. With my magical rewatch, BJ, of course, was watching with me. And before this part happened, I was like, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I was like, just watch. And when it happened, I was so happy that he shared the same reverie that I did. It's the whole, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> it's just the way, it's the way that afterward Loomis is just like. He's satisfied with himself and then turned around and yeah. get scared. <laughs> oh, I loved it. But now it's time for Linda and her man Bob to join the party. And you know what? Their whole car conversation confused me because Bob is disgusting. 
I'm like, who wrote this? And so was that written? We had a whole conversation because Brandon was like, who's Lindsay? And I'm like, he was like, the baby. Lindsay's the babysitter, right? I said, no, Lindsay's the little girl. And he was like, wait, who's the babysitter? Her name's Annie. And he was like, what the fuck type time he went? Like, it's disgusting. Who wrote this? Yeah, and that's why I was trying to figure out, like, a few things could have happened here. Like, I get that it was supposed to be, like, him being nonchalant and just writing off with, because they're supposed to be drunk. That's why they got, like, the empty, like, if you look around the scene, you see empty bottles and shit everywhere. So I'm guessing it's supposed to be, like, uh, okay, fuck that shit, let's just get up in here and do this. I hear you, girl, whatever. But it's, like, in retrospect, when you hear it, you just, like, Sir, that is a baby. Right, right now. Mm-mm. Also, y'all loud as hell. I'm sad. <laughs> it's Halloween. Anything goes. Trick or treat. The pair bust in the house, but Annie's nowhere to be found because she did. So, you know what they do? They just start making out on the couch while Micah stands in the doorway watching them. The audacity. The audacity. This is literally somebody's house. You don't even know who house this is. Exactly. Michael is like the perfect peeping peep time, okay? He is a warrior, if there ever is one. And my thing is, like, y'all don't feel that? Y'all don't feel him right there? Like, Is it just me? Am I crazy? No. No, but they didn't, they didn't know the shit. Mm-mm. They just in somebody else's house fucking. Right. And I guess they got tired of making up for the time being. So they call up Lori to find out where Annie is and is relieved to find out that Lindsay's spending the rest of the night at Tommy's. So they go upstairs to do the nasty. And Michael is, again, watching, waiting, breathing. (laughs) Bob goes downstairs after two pump chomps and gets a beer. And Michael stakes his ass. This scene, just the entire thing about it, um, Linda, (laughs) Linda is something else. I just feel like she, I don't know, in her drunkenness, I felt like she feels like, you know what, this is not, call 1-800-Myers, take care of it, please, thank you. I just love the fact that he just stood there and was just cocking his head back and forth just admiring his handiwork i love it also don't like it doesn't happen yet but when we was talking about these windows if you look at that door one of them windows stand out and we'll find out why later but i also think this scene really does work because as far as michael goes you can see like the physical anatomy at work Because Bob looks like he's about the same height, maybe a little bit shorter than Michael. Like Michael might be like 185, maybe. I don't know. He big as hell. But when you see those two going against each other, you're like, nah, this this dude's the real deal. This is something serious. And also we get some nipples, more nipples. Yes, so... After killing Bob, Michael dons a sheet like a ghost and throws on some glasses and just stands in the doorway breathing. (laughs) I'm so 
sorry. I love him. He's just so, he just be trolling, okay? I really debated getting on this call with a white sheet over my head, but I didn't have no glasses. I really debated it <laughs> just to see our reaction because Michael Audrey. He just be trolling. Why? And then just stood there because I love this part. Where Linda is like, like trying to show see. him her booze, like to get him to come on. And then she gets up and calls Lori and she's like, this is going nowhere. But where, like, where is this supposed to be going? Are y'all supposed to be having an orgy or something? Why are you so pressed for Annie and her nigga to show up? Like, what, what is happening? Maybe. You gotta have group sex together in different rooms. Oh, Lord. But I don't know. She shouldn't have got up and turned her back to, to Michael because... He rolled up behind her, wrapped that cord around her neck just as Lori picked up the phone to say hello. So all Lori heals on the other end is moaning and she is mad and hangs up because <laughs> she thinks that y'all don't play with her. has already called you earlier, fucking chewing. Now they already done dumped two kids on you. Annie done called Ben Tramer talking about you like him and stuff, which you do, but you wasn't ready for him to find that out. And now they calling you and they got the audacity to be moaning and groaning and bumping. No. I get it. Annie's a bad friend. We knew that. But this time it wasn't Annie. It was Linda dying. So Back to Dr. Loomis. After standing outside forever, he finally notices the car that Michael stole. Like, sir, why are you not paying attention? He was too busy telling Lonnie to get his ass away from there. Like, sir, get it together. Meanwhile, Lori has had enough and she makes her way to the Lindsay's house. Well, to Lindsay's house to investigate. The house is quiet as a mouse when she arrives and they can't be found. And throughout her whole search through the house, I don't know why she never cuts the lights on. But when she reaches the top of the steps, she goes towards the only room that has a light on. When she opens the door, she sees Annie dead in bed with Judith's tombstone. Horrified, she backs into the closet and Bob's body falls and starts swinging. Then she runs next to a wardrobe that had Linda's body stuffed into it. And instead of leaving the house, she cowers in the corner and cries. So Michael snuck up on that ass and sliced open a sleeve on her shirt sending her falling down the steps. So once again, <clears throat> I can't say that this movie started it, but Lori enters her final girl circuit. And of course, she got to find all the dead bodies. And this is where it's actually about to happen. It's about to be that moment. It's just them. The tensions is high. Shit's Y'all. I need to do this for my moment. When she seen that body, all I could think of was swing, swing, swing from the tangles of my heart is crushed by a former love. Can you help me find a way to carry on again? No, it's just me to sound. Yeah, I don't know that. You don't know All American Rejects? I do know All American Rejects, but I don't know that song. Swing, swing. I don't know that song. Yeah, that's what that body was doing, but yeah. Maybe Cody will follow you up because I don't know. <laughs> normally, I, somebody sing with normally me. Normally, I'm good on this, but just I don't know. 
I can't believe you don't know this song by them. And I, out of anybody, Johnny, I was hoping you would sing with me, but you just looked. I'm sorry. Yeah. You left me hanging. I got you, I like got you next time. Hopefully. And it showed like he was doing that monkey bar swing, you know, when you're yeah. like, when your ankles be hooked But it's just up. like, Michael, when did you even do that? Like, why you just ain't leaving where he was? Because he extra as fuck. He was staging bodies. He was like, I need her to walk through this house. So let me move this body. This ain't enough trauma for me. Let me just go ahead and, <laughs> and spring these bitches together. Give you the maximum effort. And then he had, he had to have him pent up because if he swings, I would imagine his body would like fall down to the ground. No, happen. all you gotta do when you make it somebody swing is just take their little where it hooks right here, like this. And I mean, just yeah, but once they swing back, what are they holding on to? Like, what's oh no, like literally, you just gotta tie that tie they shit so that when they swing to what he's in a pantry to to himself. All you need is a little bit of rope to get get this little part and go around, and you good. And then, like even when he get hit when he hits rigor, you even better. Back to Lori. She tries to escape out the front door, but it's locked. She also runs into the kitchen, but that's locked too. But it was actually locked from the outside because Michael, he didn't do his due diligence and he didn't prop the door closed with a rake from the outside. And Lori Ash just sat there struggling for the longest time before she decided to bust through the glass to let herself out. But what's fucked up? My girl was right there. You you couldn't tell it was that one? That was the one you were supposed to hit? You couldn't tell? (laughs) But what's fucked up is she runs to the next door neighbor house to ask for help and they cut on the porch light and looked out the window, but then closed the blinds and cut the porch light back off. <laughs> Fucking dickheads. Black people must live there. They're like, oh, this is not my problem. Not my monkey, not my circus. Click, I don't see shit. Bro, no, that's truly fucked up. And I would feel, imagine like them waking up the next day hearing about all the murders that happened right. and like damn somebody was screaming and knocked on the door or they could be like "Woo, dodge a bullet they almost brought that shit over here i guess perspective that's true too but y'all know i love michael why because he ain't in a rush to do shit while Lori is outside running around screaming, he just take his sweet old time. But this gives Lori the opportunity to make it back to the house. And Tommy opened the door just in time. Too bad the phone line is dead and the power is cut when she picks up the phone. But then she quickly realizes that, damn, there's nigga in the house. Because why? One of the windows is open. So she cowers in front of the couch and grabs a knitting needle, which she uses to stab Michael in the neck when she stabs the couch, when she stabs the couch and a failed attempt at stabbing her. And I don't know why she thinks she's sweet now, because then she just sits on the couch and takes a breather. I told you she a first generation flame girl. They don't know about that double tap yet. They don't know this is the part where the killer comes back for one final hurrah. <laughs> one one final hurrah. He came back for all of the hurrahs. Okay. They didn't notice yet. They didn't, we didn't know. Um, Tommy, I know you sleep upstairs, but could you move any slower? I'm just reminiscing on my nieces and nephews and just thinking which of which one of them would be the Tommy in this situation. There's a few of them I could put in this box. 
Michael was coming across that street and y'all be saying that he was walking. No, that nigga had a little pep in his step. I'm literally telling you he was almost on them stairs. Yeah. By the time Tom, I'm telling you, by the time Tom, he, he was walking slow. Tommy took forever to come up in the door. He was walking slow. He had to have been, that took a, she had enough time yeah. to throw a planner at the window. The window, him come to the window, have a whole little discourse about coming to open the door. Him fidget with the door, open the door, and this nigga still walking towards, I would have been yanked that bitch up by her head. Right, he was, he, no, was, he, was, he was moving in slow motion. He was not moving in haste. He said, I got time. <laughs> This nigga didn't even open his stride fully. Mm-hmm. He did some half steps. Michael rushes for no one. Meanwhile, the doctor's still roaming the streets looking for this nigga. <laughs> Lori limps upstairs to check on the kids, but guess what? Michael ain't dead, ho. He pops up behind them as soon as Tommy says, you can't kill the boogeyman. Lori hides the kids and they try to fool Michael into thinking they left the house while she hides in the closet. But Michael ain't dumb. He busts open the closet and ends up getting stabbed in the eye with the wire hanger, dropping his knife. So Lori grabs it and stabs him, causing him to collapse. This scene is terrifying. Because first of all, we think it's, well, she thinks it's okay. She's reassuring these kids. This dude literally low-key still blends into the background because it takes you a second to realize that's him walking up the stairs. Once he gets into the closet, I think the thing that gets me the most is when he cuts the light back off. Because when he busts through all the commotion, snatches the light on so you can see him. You see that he has a mask on. You see that this is, this is him. But then when he cuts that light off, he blends right back into the darkness. And it is... Oh, it's unsettling. Leaving the closet, Lori drops the knife right beside this man. Again. Why? Why? She lets the kids out the closet and tells them, you know, you need to go run to the neighbors, blah, 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 blah. And the kids did exactly that. They had one job and they did it well, okay? Because their yelling and their screaming caused the doctor to come in the house. But not before Michael then set his ass up like the living dead and slowly made his way to strangle Lori. But what house did they go to? I don't know. They were supposed to go to the neighbor's house, but we only see them running out the house, screaming. What? They went to the McKenzie's house. Hello, scream. Go down to the McKenzie's. I'm going to case the house. Casey, baby. Um. Which makes me think the McKenzie's have a big ass family because. Right. Haddonfield, Illinois, and that was Woodsboro. Right. <laughs> what I you see, y'all see what I mean, survivors, about me watching movies and then they go one in one ear, not the other. But it's okay because that scream, no, no, that scream, no. I know, but I couldn't think. I'm so wrapped up in Michael right now, I can't think about scream. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's my number one man, okay? Anyway.
in the midst of being strangled, Lori was able to snatch off Michael's mask. And that's what saved her because I think Michael a little shy and he don't want y'all to see his face. You know, he's a little sensitive, even though he, he, he cute, he's a little sensitive. He got to protect the girl anyway. But this allowed the doctor to make it up the steps just in time to shoot Michael repeatedly, causing him to fall over the balcony. Well, he kind of jumped backwards over the balcony. Okay, really? He fell, but then he jumped. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. That don't it matter. Was like, it was up to his waist, but then he was on top. Yeah. It was, it was like mm-hmm. where they like glitch. Yeah. He just, it's all right. He had a couple glitches. He somersaulted off the balcony. He just landed on the ground. But it's okay because you know what? We all know my nigga ain't dead because when the doctor went to go look for him, he wasn't there. And cue my thing. Loomis's face. He wasn't there was pure he was thrown he was smeckled he was bamboozled flabbergasted he said no hold up six signs and this dude ain't laid out on the ground shout out my nigga michael michael sorry and we keep my theme song. We out. I like how the movie ends with um, you getting shots of almost every location that we've been to. And you just hear him breathing the entire time. I'm going to start breathing. It's the boogeyman, ho. I'm going to start breathing all the time. Y'all going to be in love with me. ratings all right this movie got a 7.7 out of 10 on imdb and 96 percent on rotten tomatoes a 87 percent on metacritic and 90 percent of google users like this movie you want me to pay for my ticket you want me to pay my way give away my tickets i want you to give your score i want my tickets forever i want to keep them Forever and always, so I can win a prize. Ain't no prize, bitch. So no, I'm kidding. Damn, okay I'm kidding, then. Since I'm I, kidding. Since I got to give my tickets away for this film, I'm going to give this film 85 tickets. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I know, like I said, a lot of times I be playing Halloween, like it's not that girl, but it was my first movie. And my last rewatch, I really did enjoy it. As far as Lori as a final girl, she is not for me. And I just have to call it what it is. A lot of people, y'all be gassing Lori up. And I understand that they've retconned her story so many times, but that's the thing. Let's look at where we started. And, you know, it could you could say it gives you a bit of Ash Williams from Evil Dead, but what y'all not going to do is just act like this is the first um, little Texas roadhouse cinnamon roll bread bun roll that came out to the table because it's not, it's not. So with that being said, <laughs> I don't know why that was so sassy like that, but it was, yeah, it, it just was what it was. I am still going to give this 90 tickets. And we thank you for your patronage. <laughs> You know me, I ain't never no hater. I ain't never. I'm. Am I gonna call you out? Cause how you gonna call somebody else out? You can't call out yourself. And you know I will when it's my time. I will. 
I never will. What? Well, that's just Talk, talking about calling yourself out. Mm-mm. Oh, it's okay because we won't call you out. Right. And you know what? And I'm gonna argue down. Maybe one day you will be able to grow into that and be able to call yourself out. <sighs> no, I've I've really grown into this, and I think I'm I like this the shape I'm in. I really struggled between two scores for this movie. Oh, wow. I know. I, I know. I mean, it's just going to be so hard when Tops and Bottoms comes around, so I get it. I don't think it's going to be hard for Tops and Bottoms. <laughs> With the way I be scoring. No scores. Maybe the, the, the Bottoms will be hard, but the Tops will be easy. So I am giving this movie a 95 ticket. Mm. Mm. Okay. I almost gave it a hundred because Michael, a nigga Michael, but I gave it ninety-five. I agree with you. I don't like Lori as a final girl. Like she's not final girl material to me. But one thing that actually bothered me about this movie, and I think it was just me being nitpicky, but I don't know. I honestly could not hear some of the dialogue. Girl, and YouTube ain't have no subtitles, so you know I can't get nothing. Shutter. When you watch on Shutter, they have subtitles. So, okay. so when I watched it at Michael's house on his Roku, because his TV is actually a Roku TV, they had subtitles. But when I watched mm-hmm. it at home on the Roku app, the Roku app ain't have subtitles. So right. I'm just like, I was struggling. <laughs> I was struggling. Luckily, on my second watch, I kind of already remembered the dialogue from the first watch. Yeah, but like, oh my God. Are you ready to step into the souvenir shop? Because I kind of, I got some little cute, cute stuff. Yes, ma'am. Let's go. I got ideas. Ooh. Don't say it like that. Thanks for writing. Before you go, take a detour into the souvenir shop so in the beginning i didn't get to talk about the opening shot i think that shot is so fucking sick of it's just the halloween soundtrack you see the title and you see the pumpkin and it's just slowly zooming into it now i don't know how true this is but i've heard that if you look at that pumpkin it's actually like the shape of Michael, like with the knife, like this way. And I see it, I track it. Um, but for my souvenir, and this is gonna lead into something else. For my souvenir, I think you should be able to carve your own pumpkin, but because I don't want my employees cleaning up pumpkin seeds and mess, make it Squid Games and make it like a flat pumpkin and you can't crack it. Or else you get fixed out. We can make it like an attraction type thing. Well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> also, a subscription to some premium babysitters that ain't gonna be on that bullshit. <laughs> You're welcome. You should let like horror aficionados vet your babysitters before you hire them. Mm-hmm. Will your kids really will your kids survive? Will they take one for the team? <laughs> I'm not getting hired. I'm gonna be weeded out very quickly. <laughs> I'm gonna weed myself out. Listen, it's not it's not me. It's your kids. Will my kids They're make not it to make the it. end? Like in when a no. stranger calls. Or will they end no. up being offered 
as a sacrifice. <laughs> Option two, Alex. <laughs> oh, y'all. For my souvenir, you ready? Mm-hmm. I want, I think we should do a little teddy bear with a knife and a clown costume with optional masks that can come off or on. Maybe not a teddy bear, but actually like a doll, like a little blonde doll. I like teddy bears. That's fine. But nobody ain't gonna know what it is. You can make him like the little beige fur. He can be a little lighter than you. Is that supposed to be a light skin joke? No, I'm, I'm being dead serious. It wasn't a light skin joke. I'm actually dead serious. He could be like a little lighter than you. That way he can like match with the little um, clown costume and the, the max that comes off and on. That's optional with the little knife, but the knife has to be real or like real is. We don't want people hurting themselves. It's like, I don't know how to take this pitch because I feel slightly offended. No, don't feel offended. I'm actually being serious and I was using your color as a reference. I wasn't using your color as a shot. And peanut butter for the last time. Well, I mean, whatever color you want to be, the bear just needs to be lighter than you. With that being said, I want to talk about this poster. Um, I have one of my Halloween shirts on. And it's the one where it's like the evil pumpkin and you see the hand with the knife. Okay. Once again, John A. ain't seen this movie. But if you look at, huh? Black Christmas? Yes. If you look at the hand, you can see that face clear as day. And it's like, once you know about that, like, you can't unsee it. Every time I look at this shirt, I'm like, damn, that really look like such and such. But I think it's cool. Uh, this movie got hella poster work, hella artwork. Y'all know it's on the IG. I'm probably gonna have to do another post just to post some other posters because it's that freaking many. But yeah, no, I think this one with the evil pumpkin in the hand, I think that's my favorite one. With the tagline, the night he came home. That's the one I'm digging. Well, <laughs> well let's go ahead and get into these Park announcements. So that is one for four in our theme, Final Girl Summer. If you want to keep up with us and see what we are covering next time, make sure you hit us up on our social medias. D180 Podcast on IG, Twitter, TikTok. If you want some exclusive, you could definitely get into our Patreon where we have tiers as low as $3. Any other inquiries, you can email us at destination180podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. So no, we're not going to be in 1974, but this one you can catch on Netflix at the moment. So until next time, make sure that you are on your P's and Q's. Don't be too settled in the sauce to be distracted by the things that are going on around you because, honey, you might not make it. Bye-bye. See y'all later. I'll see you soon. For some reason,
Wait, we're doing the 03 version? <laughs>